Welcome to A Millennial's Guide to Business, hosted by myself, Josh Goodgen, owner of Get Your Media. I created this podcast just to speak to industry specialists across various sectors, such as HR, marketing, legal, accounting, so we can listen and learn from these people and not make any mistakes that they could have made or what mistakes they've seen people make in the past. I hope this brings you great value and if you want any more information, just drop me a line on LinkedIn or send an email. You can find all our information at getyourmedia.co.uk. But I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Boom, we're live. Morning. You're back in the studio, Paul. Terrible, isn't it? Yeah, no sleep last night. Two days on the bounce. Yeah, yeah so for those that don't know, um, this is Paul Norton from Go Media. Um, he was in yesterday recording a Sportles podcast for, for yourselves, weren't you? Yeah, indeed. Went went very well. Interesting. Look at Phil Smith from Osset, uh, Osset United on, which was really interesting, lively character. So that, that made it a, a good, interesting podcast. And we look forward to seeing that when it goes out yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, is it, oh, is it going out on Thursday, is it? Going out on Thursday, yeah. They've got an important sponsorship. Tomorrow? Uh, yep, tomorrow. All oh, right. Got an important sponsorship um, to announce tomorrow. Wow, right, fair yeah, enough then. Which is good. Let's get these files over to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, thank you. So, um, those that are listening, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'd like to introduce Paul Norton from Go Media uh, in Osset. Do you want to uh, give a little introduction about Go Media before we go sure. back in time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Go Media started in 2007, uh, basically as a digital agency. Um, and our idea was to build websites in those days. Um, things changed significantly, and what we had to do was uh, was move with the times, and we've had to move with the times all the time. So what do we do? We build websites. Um, we have really weird and wacky ideas, which lead to other projects. So right now, whilst we build ordinary websites, we build our own content management system within that. The benefit of that is, uh, unlike all of the things out there and, and we can name a few because they are public domain um joomla drupal wordpress etc those are really really easy to hack yeah um, unless they're properly maintained unfortunately a lot of people don't properly maintain them so what we have is our own content management system our own crm system so there are only our developers sat in wakefield that know the backend code to that so very very secure um bespoke website systems so everyone that we do is completely different right, quality yeah we uh, we've moved into um crm job management um big software systems that look after trades companies from a one-man band upwards who's wanted to expand and keep control um, of his, his day-to-day running of his paperwork yeah. um, right through to huge construction companies. So it, 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 it's a massive system. The problem that we've found and, and why it's led to our expansion of, of the software solution is you cannot buy something off the shelf that will run your company perfectly. That's impossible. So what we do is we sit and consult with the client. We sit on their side of the table. Yeah. We aren't salespeople. We're consultants. We look at all of the processes, and if the processes need tweaking, that's fine. But we build the software around exactly how they need to run their business. And it's interesting to see how many um, plumbing and heating companies operate a little bit differently for how they deal with their timesheets, yeah. how they deal with paying their staff. And it all means a different process in the system. So whilst we've got some fairly standard prices for some of the um, modules, they're all bespokeable and tweakable. So everybody gets everything that they need, but only what they need on the screen. Yeah. You know, Microsoft Word. We all use Microsoft Word, that type of thing. And you've got loads and loads and loads of buttons and things to do. What's the percentage that we use of Microsoft Word when we're typing a letter? It's not an awful lot at all. Spell checker, that's what I use a lot of. Right, great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it does it automatically for you now, it underlines it in red. But what, what we have on the screen for Doris, the operative, is only what she needs to use. Yeah. And the person who does a slightly different job has a slightly different screen with different things on, only the things they need to use. So completely customizable, down to making people really, really, really productive. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, that that's the so um, I've known Paul. I've known now probably nearly, probably nearly Ooh, a year. Yeah, easily. Because yeah. um, I did networking together at BNI for sure. for a while. Um, 
so yeah, the stuff that you've got like, is impressive, and especially like like you said, the CRM system and and sort of that workflow system, mm. which again, a lot of people I've seen, I've seen. In fact, I've met a lot of tradespeople recently, and they just yeah. they, they don't even want to touch it. Like they're just scared of technology. Yeah, but it makes life so much easier. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, in, interestingly, we, uh, we we've done one again. I refer back. We, we do an awful lot with plumbing and heating engineers because we did the first system in that, and then. We can say to people, this is what we've done, this is how it has on, and they get it because it's their trade and it's easy for them to associate with. Um, we did um, one, one of the front-end apps, which is for the engineers as they're out there, you know, fitting the tap or yeah. installing the bathroom. He came back to us after trialling uh, for four weeks, his exact requirements, and he came back to us and said, I thought this would work for them. But he says the engineers out there, they just need it dumbing down a little bit. Yeah. So, what do you mean dumbing down? It's really simple. He said, no. He said, big buttons, yeah, yeah. you know, like on kiddies' toys. Can we just have big buttons for them? It'd make it so much easier. And if that's what the client wants, that's really easy for us to do. It's not an expensive change, but they get what they want, and, and that's that's the most important thing. That is the main yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. Saves time, makes return on investment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've all been as guilty as I'm sure for... Um, spending way too much time on invoicing, chasing invoicing, forgetting to invoice. Yeah. Which is a massive, like... That's that's what starts us off. One of, one of our clients, um, John Managing Director, said to me one day, we're building a website for them. I said, I need to understand the process of your company. What does your company do? What's its aspirations? What's your business plan? Only then can we understand what we do for you marketing-wise. So he started talking me through everything. And he said, I know for a fact that we do not invoice every job. I beg your pardon, what do yeah. you mean you don't invoice every job? How does that happen? He says, well, lads are out on van and they're shooting off to next job and, and the piece of paper blows out of the windscreen. He says, you've seen all these engineers with bits of paper in the front of the windscreen, haven't you? He says, yeah, well, that's some of my lads. And he says, I know we don't invoice every job. I said, right, well, there's a bit of a return on investment for you if you invoice every job. Moving right to the opposite end of the scale on that now, we go to the point of, the engineer, the consultant, whatever industry they are in, if you're going out to quote for a bathroom, if you're going out to quote for a rewire, whatever it might be, that person can be stood in front of the client and with our quote builder, they can actually build the quote stood in front of them. And whether it's a line item quote yeah. or whether it's a 17-page glossy brochure that it churns out because of the questions it's asking... And the answers that you're then giving, how many radiators do you need? Seven, seven. What size are those? We need yeah. two at this side, two at the And you do all your standard measurements. But at the end of the questioning, which they do and usually write down in a spiral-bound notebook or on a piece of paper, yeah, yeah. because they've got it done on um, an iPad um, or a, a laptop, something like that, they can immediately press the button which sends the quotation to the person who could be stood in front of them right now. Yeah. And the speed of getting that quotation to the client is one thing that we all as consumers have complained about. Oh, my dad's garden, I, I went last week and I got the guy out to, to quote us for re-turfing it. Three days later, I've still not got the quote. So, yeah. Mr. Tradesman, how would you like to send that quote to the man stood in front of you right now this minute and some definitely do want to yeah, do yeah. that others want to go away and put a little bit more mystic around yeah. it that was going to take a long time to do this very complicated therefore be very expensive um but the thing is i've now sent you that quotation you look at it and go yeah that's that's really good fine thank you very much because our terms and conditions are in there and we might have agreed them and i've put that in as part of the quotation 50 percent deposit 50 percent on completion can you just press the button now that says, I accept that quotation? That one we're going to remember next question. Yep. T's and C's and, and an e-sign or anything attached? All there. Wow. Yep. So click the button. That then literally goes over my head up into our system on the cloud. Yeah. And then it automatically sends you the deposit invoice right there and then. So if you'd like to get your checkbook or your pound notes out from the safe upstairs, sir, um, I can actually book in the engineers yeah, to do yeah. the job next week and it will send off all the purchase orders to the suppliers or from stock um, and it will actually go and do that you know, for you right now. So all of that 
missing time of you not receiving the quotation, of me not sending the invoice on time. We've cut out all of that time. We've also cut out mistakes, potential mistakes of dictating to Sarah in the office that um, it's £5,153 and she turns the numbers round. Yeah, so yeah. there's no mistakes. Whatever you've accepted has been invoiced to you. So that again, impressive, that. time saving, mistake setting. It works 24-7, doesn't take holidays, doesn't go off sick. And that's just the quotation part. So does that attach to your invoicing software? Is, is your invoicing software part of that? Because obviously like most companies, well, you start your big, what is it, your big three, it's uh, QuickBooks, Zero and... Sage. Sage. Yep, yep absolutely. So it, it connects... Absolutely, yeah. We, we, the, the only thing that, well, no, I won't say the only thing, the, the most common thing that we absolutely don't deal with is accounting software. It runs all of the business from inquiry through to completion of job stock management, uh, job management, um, bills of material, anything that trades constructions use. It deals with everything right through to invoicing. We send the invoice out, but then that invoice is pushed up into your accounting software. Yeah, because each accounting software has got like a web, it's like a, a URL that you can send it to. Yeah, you've yeah. got you've got to be it's got to be online software, yeah. but all of those three um, and and many more have gone online now, and they're they're fairly simple for us to uh, to integrate with. Yeah. Class. Uh, we've just had a comment. Uh, Adele Forbes has jumped on. She's put oh. uh, looking good, Mister Norton, and obviously <laughs> Josh Goodgen. How come I don't get a Mister Goodgen, Adele? Because uh, you, because you're young, I'm old, so I get the respect of Mister. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a youth thing, isn't it? And Adele herself is quite young, allegedly. Don't lie to everybody. Don't okay. lie to her. <laughs> <laughs> Would, wouldn't do that. That that's that's interesting. Um, Adele is a mortgage broker, yeah. and and she's absolutely brilliant at her at her job. We we both know Adele, and. The CRM system itself, we have a, a, a CRM system, which again works on a, a very similar basis. You've either got prospects who haven't bought anything from you, or yeah. you've got clients who have bought things from you. And um, all of that is included inside the system. And that actually came from us not being able to find one that worked for our company. Yeah. It did not suit our process. So I just said one day, can you build one? I said, oh, yeah, well, why don't you say that? Two years ago, we've been trialling these things. So, so we built our own software. And as we've, we've talked about this, um, lots of different people have got this. So it's not just trades um, and construction companies. We actually have one client who is mortgage, pensions, and insurance company. Yeah. And they use that CRM system to give them every tiny little update that they need when it needs to be done. They are not allowed to forget anything because the system tells them everything. Yeah. Um, a question I had uh, overnight was, can it produce management reports? Well, yes, of course it can. It's anything that's in the system can be got out of the system. And as I, as I wrote the reply, I thought, yeah, it's really good, is that actually? Because the report, can be you can log in and look at the yeah, report. Yeah. Um, it can be on a dashboard as you want to see, and the sales director wants to see a different report to the production director, yeah. etc. So it's whatever anybody needs to see information, and you can get information out. But it can even be automatically emailed by date, by time to the relevant people, department, multiple people. Um, but but also. It can be emailed or flagged by non-conformity. So right. if something hasn't happened, salesman hasn't hit a target, um, or production operative hasn't done enough of the work. So anything that's going to threaten the company, it can flag up, you know, just based on the information that's already in there. So it goes beyond just a working tool of doing the job, allocating the resources. Uh, sorry, I get a bit passionate about no, this. No, no, I like it. I mean, it's, it's impressive. I mean, obviously, utilising technology nowadays, it, it needs to be done, and a lot of people are still living in stone age and now making tax digital and, you know, making yep. sure you keep up with your VAT returns. And yep. Like I said, invoicing people at right time, I mean, and, and not skipping invoices, just that whole workflow. It's the workflow, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's how you run your business. Exactly. Which, again, as a startup, these are all stuff that you you should be trying to implement. Yes. Because like, the idea behind this, like, this podcast, the Millennials Guide to Business, is for... People that are in business now, like there might be people in business twenty years, yep. and they don't know that this oh, yeah. software exists. Or absolutely, yeah, know. yeah. The, the the thing about startups is they don't know very much at all. No. Some of the older people in business, hello, um, is 
you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, you only know what you already know. And if nobody's told you about it, you've not gone looking for it. You're not going to know that all these things can happen. So with startup and with very mature businesses, what we say to them is, just say to us, I wish I could do this. Yeah. And then we can say back to them, fine, yeah, that's not a problem. It just there's an extra bit of programming to do that. Have you thought of doing it this way? And it's amazing how some people run their businesses because they've always run it that way. Yeah. And the processes that they've got, there's one or two little things which are complete duplication by multiple people. Yeah. Um, a little story. I was at a, um, at a a company that the young man had taken over from his parents, and this frequently happens in business, yeah. obviously. Could be you, Josh. He, he could have been handed down to you. And he was sat there, and he was answering the phone and taking calls. Yep, yeah, we can come and repair that this afternoon. And he was sat there writing it down on a piece of paper. Um, about half an hour into the uh, consultation, the, the door behind him opened, and an operative opened the door and says, right, I'm back, boss. He says, have you got hotels for me? So he then picked up his notepad, and he said, yep, can you go to Mrs. Smith's at One Able Mile Garden or whatever? Was, yeah. um, and do this job. So what did the operative do? He got out his notepad and he wrote down exactly <laughs> what he said. So hello duplication. But again, with the system that we have is that would have been put straight onto the system. He would be able to see which operatives were available or available next and by, uh, by discipline um, because every, every operative has got attributes yeah. whereby um, if you have to go to a school and that operative has to be DBS checked, it will only show the operatives that are DBS checked yeah, available yeah. for that job. So he could have allocated him to that job and he wouldn't have had to come back to the office because he just goes to the next job and he's got all of the details about the job on there. He's not had to type anything. So just massive, massive time saving. That's, I mean, that's it. Like you said about people that might have been handed down a business and the, most businesses that's, that start up they fail for the same reasons and it's been turned time and time again and I yes. keep referring have you have you ever read the book e-myth yes entrepreneur mm-hmm. myth by uh, Michael Gerber indeed that's like I think it, I think it was written in the 80s I mm-hmm. want to say and it's timeless like it's 2019 it's like let's say it's 30 or 40 years old now yep. it's still going like indeed. it's still relevant yeah um so it's interesting that this new technology is coming into place to actually take out a lot of the, a lot of the problems because people do it's just laziness people scale up and scale down yeah yeah. For the same reason. Yeah. And indeed, just carry on working as they always have worked. Um, so for, for young people starting off, whilst they may not be able to afford um, a, a huge off um, system which is bespoke, um, there's a couple of different ways that we allow people to buy our systems, which, yeah. which makes it affordable. And certainly cut out the... the, the if we've got everything under control with the CRM system, that's the thing that you should have to start with yeah. because at least then you've got all of your client, your prospect details, and you can market to them. And marketing is obviously a very, very important part of growing your business. Yeah. But then once you've got that, those lists, you can then do things with them. But then when the quotation comes around and a person wants a quotation, if you've got a quotation tool that takes you half an hour to do a quotation instead of half a day or it takes you two minutes to do instead of 10 minutes, then that time saving again is return on investment, return on investment time saving. And if the young people who are starting in business can take that one little nugget from this, save yourself the time at the outset. Even if you have to buy an off-the-shelf CRM that does something like that, that's fine. But we allow them to buy our CRM and quotation tool on a monthly basis yeah so they can afford that if they can't afford that then they shouldn't start the business anyway but yeah, yeah. that organizes them from the start then as they move out they can bolt on add on and grow with the system so for young people it's a good that's a good it start. You, you can always make more money you can't make more time that's what i found yes and um, yeah. like you said once you realize that I, i've quit you know when, when i first started out freelancing like you quickly at capacity yeah so once you are at capacity you, you know that that's only how much money you can earn yep so at that point, it's like, right, I need to free up some time. And again, a lot of time is taken by prospecting clients, meetings. How can I sure. speed that up? I used to go see every client, you know. Yep. I've one-to-ones all over the place. And before mm. you know it, you're not really in business. You're just sort of meeting uh, a lot of people. Indeed. So indeed. it's like, right, how can I do it? Well, I can get them to come to me yep. if I've got an office, right? They can come to me or we can do a Zoom call mm-hmm. or 
you can start really start sifting down right who do i want to sit down with can i get can i filter them exactly filter them through yeah, yeah. and uh, i suppose that's the joys of trying yeah. to scale successfully yeah yeah and again th this is what's so great about this podcast because you're helping people not to make those mistakes yeah. that, um, that people like me certainly have made well, that's it. Know, I mean, throughout that, my career. No doubt, yeah. I, like, I'm still making mistakes, but as soon as I've made them, I'll come on here and I'll tell you what yeah, I've done wrong. Exactly, don't do this. Absolutely, yeah. do not do this. So yeah. if yeah. we if we go back then now, like, like where did you start? Like, How did you start out in business? Like, mm. Well, a, a very potted history of me is I started off as an accountant and whilst I did not like that particular job being sat in an office day in, day out, day in, day out, um, it taught me to add up. Um, and it certainly taught me um, the return on investment. Yeah. Um, it taught me that you've got to earn more than you spend. And again, the famous quotation, buy a penny as long as you're earning more than you're actually expending. So that, that was good, um, but I wanted to be out on the road. I want to be a sales rep like yep. my dad, good old dad. And so I joined a company called Commercial Office Equipment in Huddersfield, and um, and I sold typewriters. Now, this is obviously with my age, when typewriters were proper typewriters. <laughs> and we sold to um, the Halifax Building Society, and typewriters became golf ball typewriters. They then had a lift-off memory, so we stopped selling Tipex. Yep. You won't remember that, John. I do remember Tipex. Do you? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, well done. Um, <laughs> so we, we used we used Tipex, and then it went to this lift-off correction, and then it went to a, a, a memory, and it was just an eight-character memory that was displayable on the screen yeah. but you could correct that on the screen before it was committed to paper and then it got bigger and memories got bigger and bigger and you had a bigger screen and then eventually we had enough where you could do a whole A4 page in the memory now that was manna from heaven for me because we could go into solicitors who typed standard letters, standard letters standard letters and all you've got to do is change the name and address and the, and the salutation on yeah. there and the fee um, so all of a sudden we stopped people increasing their typing pools because all of a sudden their, their secretaries were way more efficient and could turn out a lot more work. So then it went from typewriters to word processors and it was really bolting a bigger screen, a TV screen, on the side of a, a typewriter and word processors grew into, into great, big, um, great big systems. We sold Philips word processors, um, which were £4,440. Great big things. Um, and then the advent of, uh, of of Michael Sugar came along with Amstrad and he, he overnight he flattened the, uh, the word processor market by bringing out his, his Amstrad machines. But then at the same time, the, the PC yeah. uh, was, was really beginning to, beginning to come in and that took over from the word process. So ever since then, I've been in, uh, in PCs and then everything that PCs could do. So from an early age... Um, we were selling computers that we were building ourselves, but then also selling virtually the same type of system that we're selling now. Yep. Um, job management, job bagging systems for advertising agencies. So all of that experience is we're bringing to bear now. Companies still run the same way. It's just we do it all digitally. Um, and it's, it's just a massive time-saving thing. So the experience of the... The accountancy and having that accountancy brain when I'm sat consulting with a client allows me to identify all the pain points and all of the areas where they can save time. Yeah. Because it's the time that saves money on top of the mistakes. It's funny that because I mean, like, account, the accountancy side is what I suspect most people would ignore because that's exactly what I ignored when I first started. Right. I just, I'm like, I'm not interested in yep. learning about the money side of it. Like, as long as I'm earning yep. and I'm sort of keeping an eye on what I'm spending. I'll probably be all right until yeah. you become not all right. Yes. When yeah. people don't pay yet. And very much so. You know what it's like, you know, yeah. you give them 30 day terms and they miss that or you give them 50, whatever. Yeah. And cash is king. So you know you're profitable, but then you've run out of cash. And before you know it, you're going to bust. And uh, that would like, that would be my biggest advice to everyone is like, yeah. just look at the numbers, look at cash in versus cash out, build a cash flow forecast and just, just, you can sort of, can see what's going to happen at that point yeah and then that gives you a good idea of how to scale as well absolutely yeah um, yeah so yeah i suppose having an accountant's head on starting business is very beneficial like for, for, for me and then most of the people i work with we're all in creative industry so we're pretty against mm. trying to yeah. blur the numbers yeah. but 
Nothing better than having a good accountant on your side. Yeah. Um, and if it's a, a large accountancy firm that you use, they'll have bookkeepers in-house. Some people, depending on the amount of transactions that they have, if they're not a, a, a massive transactional company, it's fee-based, then it's pretty simple to do your own stuff, or certainly a, a good bookkeeper can do that on a very regular basis for you. With the advent of being able to log in online, yeah. Yeah, giving them access to your account is, is so, so simple. Well, that's it. Like a, for probably, how long was it before I got an accountant and a bookkeeper? It was probably a few months in, and then it was that point I was like, right, Right. Take it all off my hands. Yeah. Like, I don't want to just do my bookkeeping, yeah. keep me up to date, and obviously do my accountancy. And then, obviously, now going into doing VAT returns, I just don't. Mm. If you could pay somebody else to do it, yep, that's that's good at what they do, yep. pay them to do it, like because they'll save you money because you'll definitely mess up, mess it up. That's right. Same with any knowledge based yeah. thing, yeah. Give it to the expert yeah. to do, absolutely. Give it to the expert and trust the expert to do it. That's you are paying those experts. For the, their, not for their time now, for the experience of yeah. what they have done previously. So somebody may be really, really expensive, but the return on investment that you get from all of those years of experience, yeah. that's what you're paying for. And, and, and paying, like, I pay a bit extra to make sure that I have a, a monthly meeting with my accountant mm -hmm. to look at the, the executive report, the chart of accounts, and say, right, where are we from last month? Yeah. Like, are we up on profit? Like, what, what what's outstanding? Where do we need to be? And getting her to explain it to me every month, right. through every section until I just drill it. I just need to drill it into me, yeah. Because it don't come naturally to some people. I mean, I did I did engineering as well, and I yeah. understand numbers, but accounting and all these, I'm just like, yeah. Because whatever. yeah, other things get thrown in there that yeah. well, I wasn't really aware of uh, of depreciation. Yeah, exactly. So you're just like, <laughs> what's I'm that? Like, come on, please, just give it to me simply. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, I suppose that's a massive benefit for yeah. you starting out. It, it is, yeah, and that's it's it's played. Throughout, you know, with the with the typewriters, the memory typewriters, whilst we sold those at two thousand one hundred ninety nine pounds for a memory typewriter, which was phenomenally expensive in nineteen eighty five, um, that return on investment that the solicitors got back was undeniable. It was yeah. an easy calculation for for us to make. How much time are you going to save by having this piece of equipment? Very very simple. Um, from from there, you know, into the computers, and uh, and, and I loved computing. I, uh, I I worked with Intel's largest re, uh, reseller, um, who were Compusys based in Aylesbury, and um, that gave me the experience because we'd, I'd always dealt with um, SMEs yeah. uh, in in the past, and moving up um, put me in touch with how councils work. So we dealt with Leeds Teaching Hospital Trust, Camden Council, Devon County Council. So whilst I did. Enormous amount of travelling uh, for for those years. It gave me phenomenal experience in yeah. in larger uh, large corporate stuff. So I've got a, a breadth of experience there that helps our company when we're talking to to other clients. Yeah. So where did you go from then after that? Then so you were doing obviously selling typewriters then. Computer systems, computer systems, and I became an Intel Certified Solutions Consultant, yeah. so I could size servers for, for big organisations. So, again, it was consultancy. But we, is this your business at this point? No, this, right, is, okay. this is Compusys, and we, we ran um, teams. So we had an education team, we had a corporate team. We had uh, we looked after 50, uh, sorry 66% of the UK police forces. So it, it was a big organisation yeah, yeah. um, that we ran. Um, when, when that came to an end, I started my own IT company. Um, uh, we, we grew, and, and this is where, um, interestingly for, for anybody out there, this is where I made my mistakes. I thought, I've done it all before. I know exactly what I'm doing, but I'd never run a company before. Yeah. And that's when, it, when it, I got it wrong. And we built it. We built it very, very quickly. Uh, we got a wonderful contract from Leeds Chamber of Commerce uh, to look after all of their IT. We installed all of the new equipment when they moved into their, their previous premises. Again, I'm going back quite some years here. Um, and that was all good. And off the back of that, we got more contracts because we'd done a good job, so we got referrals. And my mistake um, was employing people that I already knew. Right. And I was too soft with them. Right. I, I, I personally couldn't act with them as the managing director of a company ruling the company correctly they were my friends yeah. and i treated them like friends within the business wrong thing to do you can treat them as friends outside but in business you've got your daily job to do yeah. and i just wasn't strong enough to do that and i, I quite firmly admit that um 
and it got to such a point of everything has to be right for me i'm very moralistically based and it was um an awful thing if something went wrong for a client and it still is it still hurts me things do go wrong um it's usually clients lack of understanding but you've got to help them and put them right as quickly as you possibly can um and one or two things went wrong because my staff weren't doing the things correctly and for me that really really hurt and the stress that that put me under was just too much um so i I sold the company and we had inside it a a small web department so um 20th of november 2007 uh, go media was born on the sale of my it company so three of us started i'm the salesman and uh, and the other guys building the websites and all of a sudden i'm on a huge learning curve what's all this web stuff about because i'd always been very very it based so yeah. i started a massive learning curve and the biggest thing which i learned very very quickly was it's okay having a website but if nobody can find you what's the point of having a website just the same as you've got a shoe shop on the high street one or two people will walk past you almost by accident yeah. but if they're looking for a particular pair of yellow wellington boots you need to tell them that we sell yellow wellington mm-hmm. boots so we got into the marketing very quickly and hence from a web company we were not a web company we were a full service digital agency hashtag not just web indeed yeah that is your tag in yeah here. It, indeed hashtag not just web what do you mean hashtag not just web well <laughs> if you actually google hashtag not just web you'll see a, a load of stuff about go media and it's a it's a simple trick to actually build on that and then you can be found and again if you put up some photographs etc yeah. as <laughs> is, is what you do um you get all sorts of, of um, assets about the company on there. So that's interesting. But it was to explain to people that, no, we're not just a web company. We're not just web designers. and We, we aren't web designers. We are web developers. Of course, there's an element of design in it, which our designers are brilliant at. But it's the development of making everything that you've consulted about yeah. bring to life. It's not just about, oh, it's a work-based work. Word, WordPress. WordPress, thank yeah, you. Yeah. A WordPress template um, for an accountant. It's not that. It's what is your personality? It's everything about the brand of the company yeah. or the brand of the person. Brand is very, very important. There are agencies out there that only deal with brand. Yeah. Now, if you can survive and make tons of money out of advising people about brand, great. Well, we do all of that, but then also turn it into what's out there in the real world. Yeah, I think... That's probably your strongest asset. Um, like been in the industry for a, a while now. Just design and branding, it's not as sustainable. Yeah, I've, se- I've sort of seen it firsthand. You've got to be able to offer more. Mm-hmm. So naturally, like being able to offer design and branding and web development. Sure. Then you've, you're onto a winner. Yep. But just branding and design, unless you're a massive agency in Leeds that can charge hundred sure. grand for a, for a rebrand of Halifax, for exactly. example. Exactly. Exactly. You need a few of them a year to take you over. You need more. And yep. again, like that's same for sort of, even if you could offer design and branding animation, yep. you've got another sure, asset. Indeed. But you need something that'll give you that, re- that, that keeps returning custom. Yeah. Because once a, a rebrand's been done, it's sort of been done. That's right. You can obviously do your market materials sure. for a bit of design. But again, yeah. it's not enough to run a team no. off. No, of course not. Um, you touched yeah. on um, when you started in business, um, sorry, when you when you took over and you were struggling to look after your team mm. because you were too yep. personally attached to them. Yep. That's probably a massive thing for yeah. people sort of to get to grips with when they do get members of staff. I think because somebody, I, I, I was having a chat to somebody the other day and they were like, how, how have you managed to go from being in the Navy mm. to running a business? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and it's completely different because I'm an engineer as well. I want to, I didn't do video production. Video yeah, production yeah. was just like, that was just a passion for me. I just enjoyed creating that yep. content. But I said the biggest thing that I took from the Navy were leadership and management. Yeah, absolutely. Because I had a team, you know. Yeah, and that discipline yeah. that, that's in the armed forces, is it's an absolute facet. And for, for all the people leaving the forces, by gum, they should really, really hold that in high esteem because we in Civvy Street that's been there all of our years without having the benefit um, of that discipline that's a massive, massive benefit to all of those people out there. They should not underestimate 100%. It. I mean, like, I knew when I was there, like, how lucky I was. So we trained at Britannia Royal Naval College in Dartmouth. Yes. So that's where all naval officers train. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, like, all, like, 
it's, it's pretty much like Hogwarts. I've never seen a place like it. The same architect as Buckingham Palace. Right. It was an yeah. amazing, amazing experience. You're learning from the best of the best. Like you're learning from captains, you know, uh, commodores. You've got captain marines that have done tours, endless tours, and uh, they've got experience in all sorts of leadership and management, which then. It does carry over. It carried, it's transferable. It carried over onto ship, but then it carries yeah. over onto even just running a business. You yeah. know, yeah. it's uh, that's probably been the biggest benefit. So yeah, although it was completely irrelevant to what I trained in, yeah, as far as engineering, yeah, it stood me in good stead for business. Interestingly, that transferable from one person to the other, some people can do it, and other people yeah. can't. I'll make an example of Sir Alex Ferguson. Clearly, he got the results. Yeah. Um, several of his um, players who have gone into senior management since then, some have been able to do it yeah. and some haven't. Um, and whilst I had some brilliant mentors, a lovely guy called Gordon Davies at, uh, at Compasses, um, I clearly didn't take some of the hard leadership skills forward. I only took the soft stuff and it, it did not work for me. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, that's a learning point. And again, if, if somebody can take something from this, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be a little bit strong um, with your staff. You yeah. know, and, and again, there are lots of good people out there that will train you to do that. And once I had gone through that problem, um, I took on board some training, which then put me back on tracks with um, the difference of being very nice with his staff and having a wonderful environment, which we certainly have at Go yeah. Media, um, and balancing that where you still need to finish this on time. Well, that's it. I think that goes. That also falls into like company branding and their company ethos. You know, sure. like because a lot of people, a brand isn't just a logo. It's like it's what what does it represent? What are you, what are you about? What's your company about? And then you look at like I took like the core values, which most most companies will have the similar core values, but from the military, you know, like honesty, integrity. All this sort of stuff. If you can carry that over yep. for your clients, and we've yep. spoken about this off Absolutely. off camera. Absolutely. At first, you're like, I need to get more clients. I need to get more clients, and your you, your actual clients that you that are paying you now, mm. you sort of they sort of like get pushed to the back, you know, pushed at sidelines. You're just constantly trying to chase that next. Mm. And then as soon as you realise, I need to stop chasing new clients and service the ones I've got because yep. they're the ones that will keep coming back for more and they'll need more work. And if Indeed. you're doing a good job, they're going to want more from you. Absolutely. So like the best thing is to understand what you've got and service your clients properly because they'll, they'll always be your best customer. Yep. And I actually went to a networking event yesterday just because they were a, a speaker on about podcasting and it got to the, it got to the point where they're like, oh, so what specifically are you looking for? And I'm like, absolutely nothing. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm completely content with the clients that I've got now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in a good position. I, I don't need to take on any more clients. I just, I, I've just come for this talk basically. I don't, yeah. I'm sound, just move on, yeah. move on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you do, you get, you get to that position of having great contentment with the majority of your, your, your regular clients that understand you, understand your ethos uh, and your morals and how quickly you turn things around. Um, and there are, there are some people who expect uh, you to work for nothing. Yeah. And we're not in business to work for nothing. We're in business to, to, to give value. Well, that's it. I mean, with marketing as well, like once you've profiled your ideal client, then you're onto a winner. Yep. And again, that's another thing like it, that really has helped me over the last year is really profiling my ideal client. And if you, if, if you don't fit into that, that, that niche, yep. we're not working together. Sure, sure. So you're not for everyone. Yeah. And as long as you, when you learn that as well, indeed, it's, yeah, yeah, it's very powerful. It, it's being able to turn down those yeah. people that you've not got complete synergy with. Again, only this morning, I've said to one of our current clients, um, very new current client that we're building a big system for, um, I want to sit alongside you at your side of the desk. Please do not look at me as a salesperson. Yeah. I am an absolute partner in your business because I will help you with the ROI. If you open up to me, then we can help you going forward. So. Well, yeah, and you've got to, aren't you? I mean, like, that's when you sit down with clients, especially from a marketing perspective, it's like, look, what, how many client, how many customers or clients do we need to get back for? If it's going to cost you this much, how many do we need to get back just for you to break even? Yep. It's just business, isn't it? Absolutely. And then when do we start seeing the return? Yep. Is it X amount or is it Y amount? You know, we need to know that yep. and we need to have targets to hit just yep. so that everybody's happy, you know? Absolutely. And it's that transparency. Yep with your clients that that makes all the difference very much so very yeah. much so yeah you know, it's, it's it's a it's an interesting one there was something else i'm gonna ask you as well i forgot, I forgot what else you said 
So how did you manage to transition then from struggling to run that first company mm. to actually getting the leadership and, and management right in the second in Go Media? Right, by not accelerating as quickly. Right. Um, and it is perhaps another mistake um, now looking back in hindsight is I said, I'm never going to go that quickly ever again. I'm just going to take it slowly, build steadily, make sure I get the right staff on board. Um, in the main, I mean, certainly right now in the offices, all of the right people, undoubtedly. Um, and we've not had many coming in and coming out. The people that have done that have not quite fitted with the ethos of the team in that office because they all work very hard. Uh, they've all got the same goals for the, for the company. And uh, got to a couple of years ago and thought, flipping heck, I'm really old now. <laughs> um, I need to accelerate a little bit to get me to where I need to be yeah. for retirement. Um, and I thought, well, oh, I ought to have gone a little bit quicker, actually. So um, I didn't quite get my timeline right. Yeah. But that's only now, looking back, thinking, shouldn't I be retiring round about next year? Yeah. And going, hmm, need to work quite quickly to get there if I want to do that. But... Could I not retire? Interestingly, good job I've not got my wife listening to this. It's true, isn't it? I mean, yeah, like um, I suppose going from all, from everything to running a couple of successful companies, then retiring. Yeah, that Oof. can't be good for you. That no, no, uh, absolutely. Plus, not. if no. you don't feel like work at the minute, yeah. like if you if you're going there Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday, yeah. however often you work, and it doesn't feel like work, because that's another thing that somebody yeah. said to me. They're like. You seem to be, you know, you seem to be working all the time, like constantly. Like, every time I see your social media, you, you're always there. You're always doing something. And I'm like, yeah, but it don't feel like work. Yes. You've got to remember when I were at sea, I were at sea for five months at a time. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I, I were used to doing seven days a week for five months. Yeah. So for me to do five days <laughs> for a, a year, it's like, and I'm working Saturday and a Sunday now and again, or a late evening. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not it's bothered. I'm, I'm going back yeah. to my bed every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I'm a really, really early starter, uh, always have been. Yeah. Um, going back further than the accountants, when I was a young fellow, I used to have a paper round. And then when I'd uh, finished school, I used to go packing hay on a tea time. And I used to get a penny a bag right. for packing hay. So I did 60 bags every <coughs> night. But I had a goal at the end of it. By the age of 16, I wanted to have a moped. At the age of 16, I had a moped. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's working from the age of 12 to 16, doing the paper round, packing the hay. And if I could do extra time on a Saturday and sometimes on a Sunday packing hay, that would get me to that goal. That is that entrepreneurial drive, I think. And I had a very similar thing. Like I was working um, at a golf club at like 14, 15, and I worked, I'd had a milk round at a similar age. Yep. And I swear to God, right? I did the milk round over winter and I got, I think I used to get paid a tenner for a Saturday morning for between hours, I think it was like 2.30 a.m. till like 6 a.m. Yeah. And I remember carrying milk bottles and it was like minus five and I was miserable. And those that have like worked on a milk float, they, yeah. they fucking stink, to be honest. Like, they're just disgusting. Yeah. So and I remember thinking, I get paid a tenner for this. I'd rather give them a tenner so I could stay in bed. But, yeah. you know, you start banking that money and then, you know, working Saturdays and Sundays at the golf club whilst, you know, I've been at school Monday to Friday. Yeah. But by the time I was 16, I bought my first scooter. Yeah. And then at 16, I ramped it up again. So I was working like full time. I, I worked um, at the golf club and I worked at Drew's Rams Rugby Club behind right. the bar doing right. functions and game days. Yeah. And I were earning more like in like Friday night, Saturday, Sunday than most of my mates that had gone and got an apprenticeship. Yeah. Wow. So then I took that money and first thing I wanted to do, I needed to get a car. So yeah. like, I wanted a car for my 17th birthday. So I had a car on my drive by a month before I turned 17. Yeah. My granddad used to be a driving instructor. So oh, he right. taught Easy. me how to drive before I was 17. So then when I went and did my tests, I think yeah. I did like five lessons just on the road experience. Yeah, yeah. And by I got I turned 17 in December. By beginning of February, I had my driver's license and I was driving. Crikey. So within two Brilliant. months of turning 17, I was driving that car that yeah. on the drive. Gosh. And that was just, that's just all I wanted to do. I wanted yeah. I wanted to get that money in, get the money in for insurance, which were like two grand for a shitty old Clio, yeah. 600 quid. Right. And get on it, get yeah. on with it. Gosh. But yeah. having the car, that means you can make more money by yeah. going to work more often and yeah. you've got that flexibility. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was my... Interesting. That was my story. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously I joined Navy and... Yeah, everything you know. changed yeah. yeah but again when I were at Navy because I was away for four or five months at a time I uh, I got paid a good wage as well mm. like from 17 up until I left they paid you really well and you couldn't spend any money all your food were paid for accommodations paid for yeah 
Um, I took that money that I'd saved, I invested it in land in Florida. Right. Because we've got family over in Florida. Yeah. Um, Sat on that for a couple of years and then sold it so that I had a bit of money, you know, made a bit of money on that. And uh, that's sort of been my story. It's it's, uh, it's been a bit of a mad one. Interesting. But success follows. Success, yeah. Success follows very hard work, usually. Hopefully. You've got to be smart about it, aren't you? Like this, this, yeah. this working hard yeah. and is working smart. I think yes. a lot of people work hard or yep. think working hard, mm. and that goes back to that e myth thing. In, indeed, yeah. If you're not doing, if you're not getting your processes in place, yep. and not building right and scaling right, and actually that personal development, like learning from other people and yep. learning from like, like I said, e myth and all these books that have people have failed time and time again. Yeah. At least don't make them mistakes. Make, yep. make some new your own mistakes, but don't Absolutely. make their mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I go back. You're talking about books um, to. How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Such a good one, isn't which it? Which is, is the one which I, I stuck by for, for for all of these years. And it's just how to treat people, um, you know, to, to make sure that you're doing the right job for them. And and that that's a great book for anybody that hasn't. Yeah, How to win, win Friends and Influence People. That's a good way to learn how to interact with your clients. Indeed. Because Absolutely. rather than yeah. sitting on your pride, like, because you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fuck up, but don't, don't try be an ass about it and especially don't fall out with your clients because nope. ultimately nope. it's still your fault yep. and if you can be humble and then apologise you know and yep. then put it right yep. you're going to maintain your clients a lot better yep. and, and relationships and future relationships yep. as well so if you do make a mistake put it right yeah. apologise put it right Yeah. honesty yeah. as well like that's what I've found you know like we've not met deadlines before for whatever reason mm. phone the client up tell them yeah. it's cool yeah. but if you lie to them they find out afterwards absolutely you've all absolutely absolutely yeah 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 Good stuff. Right. We um, had a nice email yesterday from Digital Enterprise. We've just been awarded Digital Enterprise Top 100 status. Oh, yeah. So there's going to be quite a lot of marketing um, going out on that. And we're hoping that that will broaden the platform for telling people about all the good work we do with um, Oversight. Yep which is the, um, the the CRM job management and everything else to run your business end-to-end with. And indeed, on the opposite side, Sportals, yep. uh, what we're doing with uh, helping all the grassroots clubs um, to make money out of their online presence rather than having it taken away from them. Yeah, having sat in on the podcast you did yesterday, what were it called again, the guy? Uh, that was Phil Smith from uh, Osset United. Phil, Phil Smith. Actually learning more about the Sportals platform. Because, I mean, I played rugby, so I grew up playing rugby league, and we used Pitch Hero, which were just terrible. Like, I'm pretty sure you couldn't even get the fixtures on it. Right. <laughs> when, you know, back when I was playing, like, yeah. it was just a, it were a useless piece of kit. But yeah. I'm pretty sure Drew Celtic still use it. Right, yeah. Which, yeah. as most of the ones will. But, like, this platform that you've built, yeah. it sounds so impressive. Yeah, we, we've, we've done it specifically to, to help clubs understand that they've got a, an, an asset there. Yeah. And you look at small clubs, and you look at... How many users they have going through that that site? Um, small club, seventeen teams under sevens, under eights, under nines, girls, etc., etc., etc. All with fifteen, twenty people in them to collect the subs for all of those people. Sending little Johnny with his, his, his paper packet, but all under one roof and private, being taken by direct debit yeah. and then hand it to the club. That's the sort of thing that really helps some members in that club that are doing all of that chasing. The club, um, the coaches also know who hasn't paid the subs, so they've not paid for three months now, so can they actually continue to play in the team? And because of the app that we have, the coach can send a message out, which is a private message to all his team members. We're playing away at Bradford this Saturday. Coach leaves the club at nine o'clock. Who's going to be there? Because not always little Johnny's going to be there because his mum and dad sent him on holiday. Ah, definitely, yeah. So everybody gets it. They tick a button so he knows who he's expecting at nine o'clock. He knows who he can pick for the team at at nine o'clock. And most of these coaches are using... All sorts of systems, um, you know, stuff I know nothing about. Facebook groups, yeah, yeah. What WhatsApp groups <laughs> and things, and some of these stuff end up in the public domain, yeah. which they shouldn't do. You know, they should be closed groups. But if everything is contained within the portal system, yeah. it's complete team management, team messaging, subs management, right at the top end for the more professional clubs, uh, Yorkshire Carnegie, Featherstone Rovers, yeah. that, that we have the system in. They've got the, the video system, which is the, the pay-per-view, rather like SkyGo private video system. That has made significant money for the clubs that actually use it. So even if you have 
a few subscribers to that. Yeah. They're going to be from all over the world. Featherstone have got people literally all over the world. Yeah. They're expats who use that to, to keep up with, with things. So a, a lovely piece of technology that we've got That's, there. That is a good platform. That I mean, you see that a lot now with football clubs putting out extra content. Yep. For a, a certain fee each month, and if sure. that goes back into the club and helps build it, then exactly can't argue with that. Yeah, exactly. The main thing with that though is marketing and advertising on site. Um, I mean, we're currently talking to um, big corporates about sponsoring sportals, yeah, because then they can talk to the clubs directly. They've got an audience of three hundred younger people. Who are their targets for yeah. their products? They're the low-hanging fruit for them. So if they're getting into them at a, a lower age, and, you know, I'd love people like you know, um, a drinks company with sugar-free, low-energy yeah, drinks, yeah. etc. You know the bad publicity around that. If we can get people like that right at the grassroots level for yeah. clubs, we're doing a service. Yeah, it's part of educating them in it as well. And it pays the clubs to run, and it pays the clubs to run this fantastic system that yeah, we yeah. develop for them. Yeah, that's impressive. So very moralistic. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's if you're listening and you know of sort of football clubs, rugby clubs, any sports clubs that are currently using pitch hero, yeah. which was shite when I from what I remember. Are you it. allowed to say that? I can, yeah, because it it's my podcast. Yeah, right, okay. And this is this is another thing, Paul. Like <laughs> when you create your own podcast and your own content, there's no there's no ruling power over you. Right, you can say okay. what you want. Interesting so, stuff. All this, this modern stuff. Pro- it, is, yeah. it is a modern way of, way of doing things. <laughs> Luckily, I've got brilliant staff who understand all of that stuff for me. Yeah. You have. Yeah. <laughs> you have. <laughs> right, quality. So we'll wrap it up there. Where can people find you and Go Media? Okay, there, there, are, there are three places. Okay. Um, we've spoken about three things. One is Sportals. So that is Sportals, as it sounds, Sportals, yep. dot online. Yep. Um, the, the wonderful CRM job management and everything else that runs your business and a cut-down version for the startups is called Oversight, oversight.online. If you Google the word oversight, uh, you will see that the, the terminology is a firm, solid foundation. So it's very uh, synergistic yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with the construction industry. I thought that was rather clever, my idea. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the, the last one, which is the company that owns all of that, uh, and hashtag not just web, is GoMedia, and that's gomedia.co. Just .co. Nothing Excellent. else. That's it. Most people, a lot of people haven't even heard of that yet. Yeah. .co.uk. Like a yeah. lot of them have been sort of. Oh, how did you get that? Well, yeah. we're sort of in the business, so we can. Yeah. So yeah, gomedia.co, not .co.uk and not .com. <laughs> Perfect. And they can find you on LinkedIn as well, Paul Norton. Yeah. I believe so. Yes, I, I absolutely am on LinkedIn. I've got, <laughs> I've got quite a lot of followers on LinkedIn. So yeah, Paul Norton at Go Media. Yeah. Perfect. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for coming Super, on. Thank I, you. It'd be good to get you back as well because yep. I think we can get delve a bit deeper. Yeah. Um. Especially with your experience. I think the mistakes that I've made and the successes that I've had personally across the companies, if we can help some, I'm saying young people, but startups aren't always young exactly, people. Yeah. If yeah. we can save people from making mistakes, that's what we're interested in. Yeah, exactly. Well, those that have listened and watched on Facebook, thank you very much. And uh, back again on Friday. We've got another one at 10 o'clock on Friday. So tune in. Catch thank you on the you. next one. Cheers, mate. Thank you.